Be colorful. Be colorful. That's the title of the message tonight. So um, we're going to start off with the scripture. And tonight I have four wonderful youth um, with me tonight. And they are going to read the scriptures for us tonight. And we're going to start off with Adam. And he's going to read Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Go ahead, Adam. So, um, be colorful. Matthew 5, chapter 13 through 16 is all about being the salt and the light. Um, And before we go any further, I also want to read Mark chapter 9, verses 49 through 15. That's Carson. So, Carson, go ahead. I know I hit you really fast, didn't I? Have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another. So have salt in yourselves. What are some things or where are some places that you find salt? The ocean, yes. It, did you taste the salt? Did you, did you swim in the ocean, right, Emmy? It, well, you swam in the Gulf, I know that for sure. Did you do the ocean too? Oh, okay. Oh, it was the ocean, not the Gulf. Okay. Yeah, that's right. We were. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, did you taste it then? It, what did it taste like? It was gross, right? All right. Why was it so gross? Briny? Okay. Was it was salt? Was the salt just a really bold flavor? Okay. All right. So where else do we find salt? <laughs> French fries. All right. <laughs> Where else? The salt flats, okay? All right, uh, and now how about um, what do we use salt for? How, how about we seasoning, okay? I think I saw you say flavor. Yep, okay. What else do we use it for? To cure, or what's another w- word for that? Are you talking about to cure like a wound? To preserve, that's what I was looking for, yep. To preserve, yes. Anybody else got any other flavors? Or any other flavors? Any other ideas of how you use salt or where you find it? Huh? It kills slugs. We used to live in Seattle. The slugs up there are like this big. I'm exaggerating a little, but they're about this big. But the, the slugs you find around here are like that. And these up in Seattle were huge. So it was really cool to pour salt on them and see them melt. Uh, I, I see Haley over there 
Oh, you're so mean. I was a kid. <laughs> All right. So salt, we find it in water. We find it in food. It brings out the flavor and it preserves things. We are to be the salt of the earth. So that means we have to season the earth. The world does all kinds of nasty things, right? All kinds of really bad things. God has called us to be the salt of the earth. That means that we are to go out and do what he has called us to do. When we do that, we bring the flavor in. We calm things down and we brighten things up. Right? If, If we weren't there, if there were no Christians in the earth, let's say there was never any Christianity whatsoever, where would our morals be? They would be horrible, right? Even the atheists, the atheists don't realize it, but the morals that they have come from God. But they will claim, no, 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 that, that's just, that's the way we are. We, we should be good. We shouldn't kill other people. No, that's what God told us not to do. That's where it came from originally. And so we bring the the moral value or the salt into the earth to, to change things, to make things better, to do what God has called us to do, to make the world a better place. Amen? So that, that's the food. We give it flavor, right? We give, we give the food flavor. It, we find it in water. And it, How many of you have ever tasted salt without any water or food or anything? You just put salt maybe on your finger and suck it on your tongue. It, it's not very good, right? <laughs> Sometimes we go to McDonald's and we fi- take the french fries and it has so much salt on it. We just sit there and scrub it off. And, and then we eat them because it's already salty enough. That, that's the way my family is. I, I see some people going, you're nuts. <laughs> that's the way we are. But, but salt has just such a, a bold flavor. If you go swimming in the ocean or if you go swimming in the Gulf, those are both salt, salt water bodies of water. They, they, um, you can't get out without tasting the water or tasting the salt. It's just, it's always there, and it, it does, it gets on your skin, and it feels grimy, and you, you want to take a shower, but it's so much fun at the same time to be able to swim, and knowing that there's sharks around, and things like that. <laughs> now again, I look, everyone's looking at me like, you're nuts. <laughs> um, but but it, it's a lot of fun to go swimming in the ocean, or in the gulf, it, it's just really cool. But, but that bold flavor of it is just really strong, and sometimes it, it turns us off, right? But the boldness is sometimes very important. The boldness of that, of that salt flavor is very important. Um, who bakes cookies? Okay, who can tell me how much salt you put in a chocolate chip cookie mix? Just a little bit, right? But without it, 
your cookies aren't very good, right? It doesn't take a whole lot to flavor your cookies, but you have to have it. That boldness of the salt is important. And as Christians, we are called to be bold, right? We are called to be bold. We are not to be wimpy Christians. We're not to lay back and let things around us go on, let things just happen. We are to be out in the world making things happen, right? If we sit back and just watch things go on, then the Christians, the Christian moral values that we all salt the earth with disappear, right? We might as well not even be there. We might as well not even be Christians if we don't actually salt the earth. We are to be bold, to stand up for what we believe in, to stand up for what God has called us to do. We are to be bold and out in the world making a difference, changing things. Amen? All right. So now, uh, my dad, I, I, don't, I don't know why, but my dad, he called the one out that I was really looking for. And, and we're, we think alike, right, Dad? I don't know why. Sometimes we do. But preservation. How many of you know that back, way back in the old days when there were no freezers or refrigerators or anything like that, they would cover the meat with salt, so that they could preserve it, so that it would last longer, right? So, so that food back then, I, I can imagine, probably had a really bold flavor, am I right? If it was covered in salt to, to preserve it, it had to be bold. But, but then, even today, you find salt in your products that you find at the store to preserve it. There is extra salt in that stuff just to preserve, to make it last longer. If they didn't put the salt in there, it would have a very short shelf life. The salt is important in those things so that you can buy it and you can take it home, eat a little bit, set it back on the shelf, eat a little bit more, set it back on the shelf, and it'll last you a little bit longer. If it didn't have the salt in there, you better plan on eating it as soon as you get home. Otherwise, it's not going to last, right? So what does that have to do with us as Christians? What do you think? What does that have to do with us as Christians? We figured out we're to be bold and, and, we're, and we're to salt the earth, we're to bring out the flavor. But what is the preservation aspect of the, of the salt? What is that supposed to do? What, what does that have to do with us as Christians? What are we supposed to preserve? What do you think? Anybody? What do we talk about? What are we supposed to go out and share with others? The word of God. Yes, exactly. We are to preserve the gospel. How many of you know how the stories have been passed down from one generation to the, to the next? It, within, uh, we'll, we'll say, American Indians. They have so many amazing stories uh, of how things are passed down. And the stories stay true still today because... They are told from one generation to another over and over and over again. 
I, I think it's so cool to hear about all these different things. There's a, um, a Native American tribe in Australia that has the same story or a very similar story to our flood, Noah's flood. And how do we know that? Well, because and, and they're one of the oldest people groups in the world, and they have a very similar story to ours as Noah's Ark. And, and how do we know that though? Because it was passed down from one generation to the next. We are to preserve the gospel. We are to be the ones telling it, going out and sharing it. And the more we tell it. The more people know it, and the more it's preserved. The more it can be passed down from generation to generation. We are to be preserving the gospel as the salt of the earth. That is what we have been called to do. We are also, our, our, our speech, and I... Uh, did we read that? I think I might have forgotten to write that one down. The Bible says that our speech is to be seasoned with salt. Our speech is to be seasoned with salt. What does that mean? I, th I thought about that one for a while. and um, I had a pastor. Um, he was a fill-in pastor at... Uh, at Salem Lutheran when I was growing up. And uh, when you sat through one of his sermons, it was very easy to nod off. <laughs> the guy was wonderful. He was very nice, and I, I, I liked him. But he had a monotone voice. He had a monotone Does anybody know what a monotone voice is? He talks like this, and there is no ups and downs. It's just straightforward. That was the whole sermon, the way he talked all the time. And so, uh, to me, that is not your speech season with salt. That's the way I thought of When I read that, that's the first thing I thought of. So what is our speech supposed to be seasoned? How is it supposed to be seasoned with salt? What does that mean? So when we go out and we preach the gospel, do we talk just, this is what the Bible says, this is it, and you're supposed to believe it, that's it. Or, or do we go out and we do, do we give it a story? We, do we share people with it and be passionate about it? How do we make the gospel a passion? How many of you have a testimony of some kind? Something, some way that God changed your life forever? Does, that, does everybody have one? Something, some way, some, somehow God has changed your life forever. That is your testimony. Do you know that is the best salt for your speech? That is a best salt for your speech. Do you know, I, I, have, I, I have several testimonies. One of the favorite ones that I love to tell is my, my twins. They were born 10 weeks premature. 
And that meant that they were supposed to be in the hospital for 10 weeks. They were there for five because of God. Now, I can go on. I could tell the whole story, but it's, it's long, and I, 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 don't, I don't think we need to take the time tonight to be able to go through it, all of it. I, I'm sure you guys will hear it again sometime from me. But, but, it, it, but it is amazing the progress that our kids made while they were there in the hospital and the, the leaps and bounds that they made that they were not supposed to make. And the only way to explain it is by God. We had all of you guys praying. We were praying. We, we were never worried because we knew God was going to take care of it. His hand was in it. We knew the entire time. We were told once by one nurse that we should worry. Our kids are very sick and they could die. We said we're not. It's, God's going to take care of it. And he did. That is the salt in my speech. When I go out and tell someone how good God is, I can tell them about my twins. I can tell them about what God did and the miracles he did within my kids. And when people hear those kinds of things, it flavors it. It flavors the gospel. Right? That's the salt within my speech. All right, we're going to read from John chapter 1 and verse 6. And we've got Lauren that's going to be sharing with us. Alright, so we're talking about John there. John the Baptist. Alright. John came to the earth and was called by God to go out and prepare everyone for Jesus. Because the, the people, in Jesus' time, the people had gone for years and years and years without ever hearing about Jesus. The, there was the, the stories that went on from time to time and all of that was shared. But... but um, it, it was starting to get lost because it, it was 400 years that, that the prophecies had happened and there was no Jesus. So there were people that were starting to go, eh, it's not going to happen. Somebody was just telling a story. Uh, it's, it's no big deal anymore. But John was called to go out and prepare everyone. So he's going around yelling at everyone. He's coming! The light, the true light, he's coming. 
Jesus is coming. That prophecy is going to be fulfilled. And he's making sure everyone all of a sudden knows everyone's ready. Because all of a sudden these stories that were told years and years ago are all coming back. And so he's getting everyone ready so that everyone's going, okay, what was that story again? And they're, they're looking it up. And No, <laughs> not quite. But they're, they're going around. <laughs> I was looking for a reaction, but <laughs> got a couple. <laughs> um, but but they're, they're starting to wonder, what, what was this story that we were told? What was that prophecy? And, and they start going back, rehashing the whole thing and wondering, that prophecy, so John's telling us that prophecy is going to come true. So what was it? And so they start looking at it and start trying to figure it all out. And, oh, God is supposed to send his son. And so then all of a sudden they've got that on, the, on, uh, in, on their brain. They're, they're thinking about it. So that when Jesus does come, they're ready. Hey, that's what was prophecy, and John just reminded us about that. Now he's here. They're ready for him. So that's, what, so that's what John was all about, and he's talking about the true light, the one true light, who is Jesus. John chapter 8, verse 12. Noah has that one for us. And then John chapter 9, verse 5, Lauren has that one. All right. So then Jesus comes right out and, he's, and he says it. I'm the light of the world. We are to be the light. So what do we need to have to be the light? Jesus. We have to have Jesus if we are going to be the light. All right, and for those of you that have your Bible, I'm going to read this one. We're going to look at Luke chapter 8. And verse 16. No one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but sets it on a lampstand that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is secret that will, be, will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. All right. So most all of us have electricity now, right? So, so, we, don't, so we walk into a room and we... We flip a switch and boom, the lights are on and we can see, right? Um, but back in that time, it, they'd light a candle or whatever it is and they, they wouldn't hide it. A, a candle doesn't give out a whole lot of light, right? But, but when it's dark, when it's pitch black dark, that one candle can really light up a room. It changes everything within that room. 
So today we have all of these lights and we have to put covers over them so that it doesn't get too bright, right? But back then, if you put a cover over it, you might as well not even have it. So you put it up on a lampstand. You set it up high so that it lights up the entire room. We never, as the light of the world, it, the world is a really, really dark place. Yeah, you can walk outside the doors and you can see because there's light, but I, I'm talking spiritually. It's really dark. There's a lot of evil out there. And we are to be the light in the world. Even a small candle, a dim candle, can bring a huge difference. So it doesn't matter if you're a brand new Christian or if you've been a Christian for a really long time, you're going to make a big difference if you continue to be the light in the world. Exodus chapter 34, and Carson has this one. And I'm, uh, thank you, Carson, for doing this one. He, I, he pretty much volunteered for this one, but he, wasn't know, he didn't know what he was volunteering for. This is a really long one, but he's going to read it for us. Go ahead, Carson. So Moses got super bright. And, and he had to put something over it so that he wasn't blinding people as he was walking by. Why was he so bright? What was he doing to get all that light? He spent time with So whether you're a dim light, yes, you can make a difference. You can make a big difference if you are a dim light. But the brighter you are, the bigger difference you make within a room. Right? 
So what does it take? What do you need to do to become brighter? Exactly what Moses did. Spend time with God. The more time you spend with Him, the brighter you get. And it's just like what you, you sow what you reap, right? Or you reap what you sow, vice versa. They, they work either way. What goes in must come out. That's what I was getting at. What goes in must come out. So if you're listening to all of those curse words and you're watching those bad movies and all that stuff, what goes in is what's going to come out. The more time you spend with God, the more that God comes out of you. So the brighter you get. The brighter you get. So when you walk out into the world, all of that evil gets scared. Because you have Jesus within you. That's what you have to have in order to have the light. So all that evil, I, I, there's a song out there that talking about, um, uh, there's a song recently out, um, uh, Hell, Where Is Your Sting? What, what is that song? Mean? What, what, how, do the, how do the words go? Well, there's that song, and then there's a newer one that just recently came out. But, yeah, that one works, too. Um, so, oh, hell, where is your sting? I, I just love that. Where is your victory? It, when we walk out into the world, the devil gets scared. The evil gets scared because we have that light within us. And we're shown. Like Moses was shown, he was shining we get to shine too. Cool to think about, right? So now, at the very beginning, I told you guys my message title was Be Colorful. So I was thinking about it, and I was praying about it, and when you take a light and you shine it through a prism, what happens to it? Yeah, you get a rainbow. When you see, after it finishes raining and you see the sun shining through the clouds and you see this big, tall rainbow, the rainbow isn't just one color, it's a whole bunch of them, right? So when we, when we walk around and we see the lights and we look up at them, it, it, they look white or maybe a little bit of a yellow tint. Or when you look at the sun, you're not supposed to look at it too long, it looks a little yellow, right? But, but it looks like just one color. But that's not true. It's not just one color. It's a whole bunch of colors all put together to make it brighter. So as the light of the world, when we go out there, we are to be colorful. <laughs> what do I mean by that? That's a good point. Yeah, but that's not what I was going for, but I like that one. <laughs> yeah, everyone come together as Christians. I like that one. But what I was going for is as salts as well, we're to be bold and we're to have flavor and we're to 
preserve and right and, and we're supposed to go out and and do something not sit back and watch things happen and as the light it, oh and the other thing is we're, we're supposed to have a testimony right we talked about that having a test sharing your testimony and that flavors your speech right so be colorful be passionate about what you have within you. Be passionate. Do you know, um, and, and Owen, oh, have joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. The joy of the Lord. Do you know, I, I, I want to share this with you real quick. Um, when I met the Cullies, there was always something different about them. And Pastor Scott has a way of making everything fun. Um, even, even if it's just something being said like, work is fun, get her done. Or when he makes up a, a song out of the blue, like... Um, J-I-N-G-L-E. No, he didn't make that. <laughs> For years, I went around thinking he made that song up, and then I heard it on the radio one time, and I ran to him and said, did you know your song's on the radio? <laughs> because I, I knew he always made songs up, so I figured he made that one up too because he was always singing it. Um, but, and then I'll share this story. Um, this is... My, my parents and the Cullies put together when it, we went out to eat one time and um, I blew a, a straw wrapper and my mom slapped me and she says, CJ, what are you doing? And the next thing I know, all the Cullies are all doing it too. And <laughs> it was not proper etiquette in a restaurant. <laughs> my mom learned to be free that day. <laughs> So, but that was, that was my, my parents. I love my parents. And don't get me wrong, my parents know how to f have fun too. But the Cullies knew how to have a different kind of fun. And it was different for me. And that was one of the reasons that I fell in love with the Cullies. And I love to be with them too. But um, they, what, what, the reason for that is they have the joy of the Lord. My parents do too, don't get me wrong. Theirs is just different from my parents. But the joy of the Lord just changes everything. So when we go out into the world and we are the light, we are the salt, we get to bring that joy. And we get to show it off to people and share it with others so that they can see what it's like to be a Christian. So we need to be colorful. Preach the gospel. Share your testimony. Be filled with joy. And make the unbelievers want what you have. Make the unbelievers want 
tell that to the teenagers all the time in, in the youth group, that when we have Jesus within us, they're going to notice there's something different about us. Something different about us. So when we go out into the world, that light is shining. And people look at us and wonder, well, well didn't, their, didn't their grandpa just pass away? Well, why are they still so happy? Because they have God. Well, didn't they just get in a car accident? Why are they still smiling? Because they have Jesus. When the bad things happen, we still have God. We still have the joy of the Lord. And we know he's going to take care of that. And that just becomes another testimony of how God works in our lives. And it gives us a little bit more salt in our speech. Amen? Worship team. Everyone could stand with me, please. Our, our salt and our light comes from God, and it's something that we can continue to run with. And as we step out of these doors here tonight, our salt and light does not stay here, but it goes with us. So I pray... And I always pray that whenever I preach a message, that my message that I preach is from God and it doesn't stay here, but it goes out with you everywhere you go. And so I want, I expect to see changes in all of your lives. And I want and I expect to see changes in the lives of the people around you. That's what I long for. That's the heart that God has given to me. That's what I love to see, is to see those changes being made. Not because of me, not because of just but because of God working in us. When you have a testimony to share of how you were the salt and the light, I love to hear those things. There's a thing on Caleb. Does anybody else listen to Caleb? On Caleb in the mornings, they have a, um, uh, no, I forget what they call it. Um, they have a, a time where someone can call in and they can share, yeah, tell me something good. That was one of them. <laughs> tell me something good. So they have a, a 10 second little bit that they can do and uh, tell, tell them something good and so it could be something like um, I graduated high school today or um, today I, I got a new job and it, just something 10 seconds long and I love hearing all those different stories about how God has made a difference in their life and they give one, one time each day they give a little bit of time for one person to share a testimony of how God has made a difference in their life the encouraging moment of the day. Thank you. And those are so cool to hear about. 
so much fun to hear how God is doing all kinds of different things in the world. Amen? Share your testimony. Let's hear it. Not right now, but let's hear it. Whenever you get a chance, go ahead and let me know. I would like to hear those things. Let's pray. We thank you so much, Lord, for your word. We thank you so much for for how your word comes alive to us as we get into it, as we read it, and as we feed on it. It becomes alive to us, and it shows us new things. I don't know how many times, Lord, I've read over the salt and light scripture, and all of a sudden I, I learn something new. I thank you so much, Lord. Thank you so much for that, Lord. That you continue to speak to us every day. My God's not dead. He is alive. He is alive and he continues to work. Thank you, Lord, for that. And so, Lord, the the salt and the light... Lord, give us the boldness to be able to go out and preach the gospel and give us the, um, remind us of our testimony so that we can give the salt in our speech. Lord, help us to flavor the world. Put us in those places that you need us to be. Open the doors and make it accessible for us. Lord, we want to be available to you. We want to be open to you to be able to do your works. And Lord, shine through us. Make us bright so that as we walk into a dark place, we light it up. Thank you, Father. We worship you, Lord. We honor you. We glorify you. there's anyone here tonight that has never accepted Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity to tonight. And what that means is that you believe within your heart that Jesus is your Lord. He is your Savior. He died on the cross for your sins and he rose from the dead giving you eternal life. If you want that tonight, I I ask you to repeat this prayer after me. Jesus, you are my Lord. I believe in my heart and I'm confessing with my mouth that you died on the cross for me to forgive my sins and you rose from the dead. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just said that prayer,